Like the mountain in the soil in the earth Breaking through the rocks Growing wild and tall Till the buds begin to pop Pack me in a bowl or roll me in a split Or you're breaking me down You can feel your Hey, this is Ryan Heron, cannabis writer and advocate from Portland, Oregon. And I'm Amanda Breeze. I'm a cannabis reporter and writer based out of Toronto. And we're here to talk about all of the fun stuff around one of our favorite plants, cannabis. Continuing our theme of cool careers in cannabis, we've got David Downs here uh, from Leafly today. Really excited to uh, chat with him. And since we've got you and it's the end of the year, it's perfect timing for Leafly's strain of the year. So we all went and tracked down some permanent marker this year's strain. Love that. Thanks for having me, Ryan and Amanda. Thank you, listeners. Thank you to Leafly. And then thank you to all the growers, breeders, distro, lab people, smokers, stores, everyone that's making the cannabis culture the golden age that it is in 2023 and into 2024. Hell yes. So I tracked down some permanent marker a couple days ago, and I thought this is a nice sample, but not nice enough to save for this conversation. So I immediately just smoked it up. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you can't hold on to it, that's a win. A win is a win, you know? Right. Um, Amanda and I write a lot about cannabis and I feel sort of bad when somebody gives me a jar and they're like, I know you're going to take really good care of this and write some very nice notes for me. And then I'm down to like the last little calyx on the, on the stem, like rubbing it, trying to get some scent notes out of it because it was so good. I, I smoked it all. So, yeah, yeah. I almost want to do Instagram, like rest in peace to jars. I finish because I get so many that I actually rarely finish stuff anymore unless it's really good. And when I do, I'm, I always want to celebrate. I'm like, I smoked all of this. This was, this was good. And then there's the next class of stuff that's like, I smoked this so fast. I didn't even have the self-control to take a good photo first. Yeah. Never had those bags where you're like, I wanted to take a photo of that, but I smoked it all. That's how good it was. Totally the struggle. Cause this week I got some samples from an event and I hadn't tried anything so tasty in a while that when I finished the jar, I felt like I had just finished a good book. You know that feeling? Mm -hmm. I really feel like sad to close loss. it. Yeah. Yeah. The loss, you know, my mm -hmm. heart was full, but the jar was empty. So that yeah. is a good time. <laughs> I got a bunch of stuff from the Ego Clash and West Hollywood in my garage that's like nice and cool and in bags and ready to be smoked, but I just need to take photos of it first. Like, like really good flavors are downstairs and I'm just backlogged on the photos. And so I'm smoking through stuff that I already have photos of. Like permanent marker. I got some uh, Garlotti from AP yeah. Selections here, Apogee wow. Selections. Um, it is so supreme. It is, I, I like, I saved this herb. I reached out to the guy and I was like, that, can I get some of that? And uh, I'm leaving my house, grabbing my little weed bag with all my stuff in it. I know I'm going to smoke that Garlotti. So I have to like stop what I'm doing, pull the nug out, take some like in quick phone <laughs> just because I'm like, gonna go. after today, it's going to be all thumbed and yeah. torn apart. Yeah. And like, there's no good photos after this. At least get a cell phone photo of it, you mm -hmm. know, just one, just to like document it happening, you know, if you can't get the cannon out. Well, so, I'm very excited to document this permanent marker because yeah. it is so pretty. Yeah, Leafly Strain of the Year 2023 permanent marker. Sixth year of the Strain of the Year program. We announced it uh, last week on Tuesday. It's had a really great uptick. And um, I think we're replicating the success of naming Jealousy Strain of the Year last year. We're getting a lot of growers validating our findings and smokers all over the country being like, yeah, that shit rocks. 
you know, and then some people being like, I don't have it here yet. You know, I'm like, it's coming, you know, that's what we're yep. doing here is we're letting you know what's around the bend at Leafly. And I think we really like have honed in on what strain of the year is and how to do it each year. Yeah. And we want to talk to you a little bit about making that selection because it's kind of cool. Amanda's in Toronto. I'm here in Portland. You're down in California. And we were all able to get some permanent marker on relatively awesome. short notice. Bam. Right. And- and I think that's okay. You know, shout out to Leafly, really great menu and mapping system. That's how I was able to find this. I literally went and tracked down a very nice sample of this at 8 a.m. this morning, you guys. Do you know how many dispensaries are open at 8 a.m. in the morning? Like, luckily enough that I could go and track this one down. Shout out Portland weed culture. So good. And that's why I had permission to like smoke my samples from yesterday. Yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky here. So yeah, I think it is relatively easy to find. Yeah, our criteria for it was like, first one is the fastest growing new strain on Leafly menus. Mm. So we're looking for strains that are like hitting their like apex of their exponential growth. So to unpack that, fastest growing means like on menus. And we have like uh, 8,000 stores on Leafly. So we can see the menu growth. And then for new, strains are in the life cycle and we're skewing toward newer stuff. This one came out in 2022. This isn't like a hall of fame thing where we're putting the Eagles in there. Like we love Skittles or a GMO, but we need something newer. It's like album of the year or times person of the year, something really contemporary. And then for the strain side of it, like it's a cultivar. This is Biscotti times sure cross back to jealousy. Growers are growing it. And um, Leafly has been around since 2010. You know, I call it humanity's cannabis discovery engine. There are 7,514 strains in the database. We put 1,000 in this year. There's wow. 9,267 articles. And so what we saw was that permanent marker went from 10 stores uh, when we checked in like August of 2022 to 600 stores this last month. So it's pretty much jumped up 60x year over year. Wow. And we do a lot of research and you're like, is it this one? Is it that one? But those are really strong numbers and they're hard to compete with that, that velocity. And then the second big factor that one of the tipping point ones for me was that permanent marker was the United States bud tenders choice awards, uh, most frequently mentioned strain. So in October we enticed oh, wow. American bud tenders with thousand dollar checks, three of them to give us their favorite strain and brand in their state. Just really quick survey question. And we got over 900 responses from all over the country. We were able to pick Bud Tender's Choice strains and brands in like 20 states. And we consistently saw that permanent marker was the most recommended new strain for a Bud Tender. Like Bud Tenders were also recommending older stuff like GMOs or weirder stuff. But nationally, to see that kind of Bud Tender uptake of a new strain like that put out a big green flag for us. It's now top 200 in traffic. It has all the looks that... Um, make a strain hype right now and makes it compete against like an LCG or a Runtz. It's got a next level refined gelato flavor that is like leaving gas behind and moving into like acetone and other like higher order petrochemical smells. The actual permanent marker has xylene in it and toluene and urethane resin. And those are some of the more refined gas smells that you'll get out of it. It actually smells like a freaking permanent marker. And then it had a high times cup win in Michigan this year for a pre-roll, which it's really hard to win anything as a pre-roll. Yeah. And then we see tons of great growers all over the country, like the bangers growing it, like Cam in California, LA Family Farms, Doja Pack 
in Washington, you had Taurus and Scored and Freddy's Frago. All the way over in like the East Coast, Preferred Gardens was growing it. And then Sea Junkie keeps it in its lineup of flower for retail in California and Michigan and uh, New Mexico. And then like the wave that they made for it was substantial. They grew a bunch of cuts. They got them out to people. Doja Pack did a global marketing wave. All those things really have to come together to create a strain of the year. Like there's plenty of strains and there's plenty of lanes. But if you want to be the Taylor Swift of weed, you've you got to have the goods and then you got to be able to get it around the world and make a wave. So that's part of how it all came together for that strain. Wow, that is quite the bio for a strain. Yeah. I, I thought it was really cool, too, that the genetics come from last year's strain of the year, which was jealousy. It felt like, you know, the family's winning another yeah. year. It just felt right to me, too, that it was like yeah. the next yeah. step of something well, that came out and wowed people in 2022. And how nice is it that there's just a little bit of GMO in there, just in the lineage, just to kind of like amp that flavor up and in a way sort of like hug all of the other trending flavors, biscotti, GMO, Sherb, Sherbet, like they're all in there in a way that it's like, oh, we're, we're kind of running on something that is higher than the sum of its parts. Yeah. It uh, becomes a really interesting profile and not something that just feels like uh, a jealousy cross that, oh, we've already tasted this. Right. Yeah. Like there's this phrase, winners win, you know? And so sea junkies are winners, like the Lakers in their prime or warriors in their prime. And strains are on a trajectory. It's not like throwing darts on a board when we do strainless anymore. We see them rising over time or falling over time. Gary Payton has plateaued, for example, this year. GMOs plateaued, Skittles has plateaued, Oreos has fallen off, Lemon Cherry Gelato has ascended. And so we want to have consistency and authority by tracking the trajectory and be like, okay, Jealousy was doing this. And then Sea Junkie put the booster back on Jealousy and made permanent marker and it's doing this. And so you know, we'd ask like breeders and other people, like, would you be offended if the same breeder won two years in a row? And they're like, no, I mean, if you're a winner last year, don't you personally want to get better next year? Mm -hmm. um, it would be weirder for like one of a breeder to fall off than for them to continue on a pathway of success that they've charted. And so, you know, we felt comfortable giving uh, it to them again. You know, this isn't kindergarten soccer. Not everyone's getting a participation trophy. There are people that are just 10x better than average. Not every river is the Nile, not every planet is Jupiter, not every breeder is sea junkie. And, and then we went to their facility in Northridge two years now, and what they got going there is on another level than anything I've seen in the state or the world. They're just running wide open with all these pollination rooms and all these flower rooms. They have, they're doing the genotyping of what's in the strain, they're doing the chemotyping of what it's producing. They have all that data, but then they're smelling 30 to 50 new cultivars a week in terms of pheno. And they have that like nose, nose, instinctual hit maker approach that you see with like Rick Rubin and music, just like a good ear mm. for a hit, like Sea um, Junkie JBZ just knows what people are going to want. And Permanent Marker really helped everyone that is has to sell purple candy gas. Like I hear bulkers say that we only buy runs now and you hear wow. trappers say that everything is lcg we're just renaming it so yeah you have to work with where the public's at if that's your intention and they very much want to give growers something that's going to sell and smokers something they're going to cape for and and they really like 
planted the flag in the purple candy gas movement with permanent marker. So I think if you love LCG, if you love runs, this is next level. And if you're in a market that only buys that, then you can take a permanent marker and rename it and call it like super purple runs. And the end consumer will be like, this is the best super purple runs I've ever smelled. This is just, ah. You know, I think going from jealousy to permanent marker shows the consumer is maturing a little bit because jealousy, I feel like, is more one note. And even the the bag appeal is like this dense, bright purple. And then at least the permanent marker selection I have here is a little more green. It's a little more varied. It's got more going on. And I would say the first couple examples of permanent marker I got this last summer were, like you said, just just that candy gas thing. They might have even been misnamed. It wasn't anything that stands out. But in the last few months, the representations I'm seeing have much more of, like you said, that that kind of like screaming just opened an actual permanent marker like chem gas thing that's coming from it, which to me is an improvement over just the the sort of gelato profile terps. Yeah. Um these terps like leech and just explode out of the bag from the second you rip the mylar you're like oh god what is going on like i'm a big believer in no terp left behind and this strain gives me anxiety because i'll smell it in a drawer and i'm like how i sealed it i double sealed it where is that smell coming from i don't losing flavor yeah that's my money you know and um but it's just like it leeches it's so strong and loud and it will perfume your pocket or perfume your house or drawer or or life and that's like table stakes for a strain of the year these days and it's not just terpenes so um jbz was saying they test everything for terps stuff that scores high in terps generally is loud but stuff that scores medium in terps also is loud there's more to the aroma and the effect than the terpene test now and we're just finding the next layer of smell molecules beyond terpenes and i think jbz is knowing more than what the gas chromatograph tells us about like, oh, that's loud. Oh, that makes an impression. Oh, that sticks around and selecting for beyond what the the terp scores say. So it's always going to be two to 3% terpenes, but that's just pointing at how loud it is. That's not the full explanation. What I really like about the aromatics is having seen the descriptions, candy floral and gas, you never know what you're going to get when you actually smell it. It really represents those two categories. And the jar that I have from Coterie really smells like permanent marker. That first hit is that beautiful sort of traditional floral, but it gives way very, very quickly to that stink. That to me is like a really permanent marker smell. I like, I like David's got some uh, actual permanent markers he's taking into. Yeah, oh, I will fucking take a Sharpie out and smell it side by side. And these, these two things are fucking related. It's spooky. It's really what it smells like. I'm really stoked because when I was in Portland this summer, they named their strains to what they smell like, which we don't always get here. And so to pull this out, it's Canadian grown and for it to smell like what it's called. And I was really wowed. Uh, Hallelujah. Yeah. And I know you guys have had a tough road of it. So if you can get accurate terps from the bag, fresh in Canada, that just warms the cockles of my heart, you know? Yeah. Plus, you know, it's always a mystery. We don't get to smell it. We don't get to see it. So you're getting oh, the shit. That is fucking crazy. Sorry. Imagine it's- going to a banana stand and they're like, we have bananas. They are $55 for 3.5 grams of bananas. And you're like, great. Let me see them and smell them. They're like, 
you cannot see any of the bananas. Yeah, they're like, oh, by the way, you have 8,000 different kinds of bananas. Which one do you want? And you're like, a yellow one? Like, I don't, what? A banana. (laughs) And like, meanwhile, there's a guy in an alley being like, I got all your bananas here. And he's got like, you know, and you can smell them right out of the coat. That's pretty much sums up Canadian cannabis. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, I hope you'll, we can join the, create the wave in 2024 where like, let us smell. Let us smell. Because the smell really drives the sale. Like if you can smell it and your nose resonates with it, you buy it. And if you can't, then how the fuck am I supposed to know? The culture here is attempting the shift, but the legislation is very, very strict. So it's been a bit of a pain. And I think that's why sometimes strains don't take off as quickly here. Because if you saw this in a jar and you smelled this, you would buy it. But because it's sort of just these online descriptions, which can only take you so far, I feel like we're always a few steps behind, you know? So jealousy, same thing last year. There was only one person growing it at the time it was named Brain of the Year. And same here, there's only one brand growing it when it was named. And then another thing to flag is like, that shit hits hard. Like LA smokers where Sea Junkie is, they have crazy tolerances. They sit in all that traffic on 405, they're so stressed out. Everything that they put out has to just hit like a Ford F-150, just like bottom line. And Permanent Marker does that. I mean, even JBZ says like, this is a heavier strain. I have it after dinner when I want to relax as opposed to like a pineapple fruits to go work out. We consistently see our everyday smokers have a high THC tolerance. They need something that's going to punch through or get them there or treat stress or depression or pain. And even um, LA Family Farms, on their permanent marker bag, which is great. They have a little scale from sativa to indica and it's right over there near the edge of indica. So if you're starting your day with this stuff, you're gonna have a heavy lidded day and you're not gonna be very stressed out and maybe you don't won't get everything done that you wanted to get done, but um, you're going to be medicated and uh, unfuckwittable for that day, you know? Well, Ryan's getting started early over there. I am. We were talking about this permanent marker so much. I can't stop myself. I had to roll a joint. So um, I'm really enjoying this. I picked mine up from Aura Grown. Uh, it was okay. house grown. Yeah. Um, yeah, good for them. I, I've, you know, their flower has kind of, uh, they've gone through a lot of cultivators in the last like 10 years, but they've yeah. stuck through it. And I would say their flower is as good as it's ever been right now. Good. Um, I, I go to their flagship quite a lot when I'm in Southeast Portland. And if you have the opportunity, it's a cool shop, knowledgeable bud tenders. Um, and they were actually really stoked to put this together for me. Dope, dope. That's great to hear. I can't wait to I'll learn more about what's popping in Oregon and in Toronto for our readers. There's this like bottomless desire for our millions of readers, our Leafly Nation, to know what to smoke next mm. and what's good. And there's 24 state markets four seasons a year and like wine where there's like one global market and one annual season. Very true. And so um, we have to really wait in there and figure out what's top shelf, what's a value buy, what's a $40 eighth that's just a screamer or a $70, $60 eighth that's worth it because it's like five pounds of biodynamic living soil turped out perfection. And like, you're going to want to put it in your fridge, like your curador. We did like, um, 47 Leafly ratings where we like did a hundred point ratings on flowers this year from seven states and people really liked it. They clicked on it. They ordered from it. And so we're going to do even more in 2024. My goal is to like have like a United States 
weed buyer's guide for summer with like minimum 50 rated branded flowers from 10 states that yes. tell you like very cool what top shelf bangs and then what brands are value buys that like you can do both right you like save money on a quarter and then you put those savings into a splurge and like you give your house guests the quarter and then when everyone goes home you like break out a little splurge for yourself you know like a little head stash Leafly is like how much information is actually available on there. I love that it also includes like consumer reviews. So you're getting unbiased opinions on it. But I think the fact that you have access to so much information is really very cool. Like, have you ever seen any trend or something like really out of left field? Like, has there yeah. been anything that like literally shocked you? Yeah, um, it's happening all the time. In January, I'm going to put out a story called New Year, New Terps where we're gonna be really intentional about highlighting and celebrating stuff that's not in the center of the bell curve. Like that's not LCG, gelato, cool. runs, those type of work, because we wanna be intentional about our bullhorn and what we elevate. We don't wanna bottleneck the genetic or limit some of our growers. We want everyone to find what they like. And so it was just at the ego clash and we're seeing this, everything being crossed to honey banana on the hash side. Okay, that is a banana terp that's been candied. It's like a candied banana. So if you like the candy gas wave, there's this candy banana wave that's legit about to happen, especially for all the papaya lovers. Yeah. Sea Junkie Genetics has like an authentic bubble gum from Indiana Pink Bubble Gum that they, I think they put it to Bubba Kush first, but it's oh. a permanent marker now. So like bubble gum markers coming out and that's sort of candy, but taken to legit bubble gum satisfying the new school candy lovers, but with like an old school twist. And then we're just tracking every weird fucking thing we can. So there's a chili verde out, out there that's like a chili terp. It's technically from lavender. Shut the fuck up, no. Yeah, I love that reaction. No. Yeah, I love that, Amanda. I live for that. Thank you, you just made my day. That is crazy. So I saw a cross of it called Blanca like the Street Fighter guy, Blanca. Um, <laughs> and, um, but I think someone should hit the cheese to the chili verde and make like a nacho string. So like a spicy cheese. Yes, um, more weed savory terps. Like give me those profiles that are like cumin, burritos, um, Korean stir fry. Like let's, let's really blow out the savory this year. Yeah, it's always gonna be a counterpoint to the mass market sweets. No shame to their game. Um, Fig Farms has a holy moly with a mole note. It's got like a Mexican mole finish where it's like earthy and smoky and sweet, but sour and chocolatey. Uncle Dad Vibes is hunting Mexican candy turps in the foothills. So like he's looking for tamarind. Um, yeah. It just goes on and on. White Thorn Rose was this really unique award-winning strain in California with like a rose water like mm. soft, approachable, delicate, almost senior citizen um, terp of rose, you know, like. Yeah, grandma's purse, let's yeah. bring it back. 
So Whitethorn Rose, like Bagseed got out and got permission. And so now there's a Whitethorn Rose cross to Peach Oz this year that we want to see Whitethorn Rose get everywhere. We've watched Red Pop come back or like really have its moment. Like Fago Red Pop with an authentic red soda terp is popping up more. I grew root beer terps this year. Yeah. We were we were on the root beer terps this year. Okay. Too, actually. Earlier this year, we were on that little yeah, good. Mechelada, Bloody Mary, Mexican Flan, the nutty stuff like pistachio. Smokes at Vapor said she smoked a Kentucky Fried Chicken strain with a greasy turp, which is like scary. Wow. Uh, that anyway. sounds cool. Not going to lie, that does not sound... <laughs> I know, right. And then I ran into a Kush uh, Kirk at Ego Clash, and he worked all these breath strains into like Dragon's Breath crosses. So he has like Falcor and uh, Dragon's Fist, and they're all deep you know, seventh generation GMO work. And we ran into a Michigan hash maker, a lady, the baked tater, who's the best in the state. And she has an ochre breath. Michigan and Oregon have really dug into GMOs and breaths and gotten weird, you know? Michigan's but. weed is really fucking fired. So like second to Portland, I would go Michigan. I was there earlier this year and I was wowed. I was really wowed by the selection that they're growing and the grower that I really was drawn to, like their work, they're doing all organic too, right? So they're really putting out the best they yes. can sourcing. Where did you go in Michigan? I was all over Ipsy and Ann Arbor. So I checked out Winewood Organics. Okay. Um, everyone kept recommending it. So I had to go check it out. Yeah. And the, the master grower, he's been in the game for a long time and he was so nice. You know, I don't know. A lot of times you get this closed door thing. People are just shut ranks. You can't find an email. You can't contact the right person. He opened the doors right away. gave me a full facility tour the day I, I showed love up. That. I loved it too, because a lot of weed can sometimes be like just gatekeeping. So it was very cool as a Canadian just to show up out of the blue and be able to get there too. And he has some really funny stories because the facility actually used to be a cat adoption center. So there was this, there's this whole other, it's just a fun place. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be telling everybody that is where I'm cultivating my weed. No, but you bring up a good point, which is like part of being a winner is being affable and open. Like if we have 200 point strains for strain of the year and one breeder is a dick and one breeder is nice, I think I have a human right to want to work with a nice breeder. Yeah. You know, like there's 8 billion people on the planet. And, and if we're like competing, like I think your ability to work with others is a valid dimension of your um, value. So when we pick strain of the year, we talk, we call a breeder and see like, do you even want this attention or like, mm. can you handle it? Or maybe they just don't get back to us. And that's the right, because a lot of them are coming out of the illicit market and they are super discreet and they've mm. had to be because a lot of them have gone to jail. So um, I'm, we want to be respectful and intentional about who we elevate and for future strain of the year contenders, like being able to like answer a DM or pick up the phone is part of it. You know, if you want to, if you want to win that award and if you don't, that's great too, but just like know what's going on there. Well, and highlighting the breeders, you're right. It's, it's damn time that we really showcase the people behind the scenes. They've had to hide for years. They've all put their lives on the line. But to your point about transparency, 
that's what I actually appreciate most about the Leafly strain of the year. You guys have done very like your due diligence and you also list your runners up on the website and all of the points as to why they were runners up. I don't think it gets really more transparent than that and really explains. So we know it wasn't a pay to play. And that does happen a lot in competitions, unfortunately, in the industry. Yeah, um, it's hard to know what's sponsored content anymore. And I get it. And uh, it's nice that we could post our methodology, our thinking, and hopefully like inspire others to think about how we do this work. I think this is all happening under the rubric of the most high quality reader service journalism about cannabis that's ever existed because it should, because we're worth it. We have a right to it. It's a huge industry, bigger than many, many others that have much better reportage of this consumer reality. I've been on the beat for 14 years. I've done all the politics stuff and the regulation stuff. And there's a lot of great stuff that's come in my wake that do great with those editorial products. But what I want to read more of is like, what's good to smoke in your town? And it's shocking how many weed writers can't tell you that. That's weird because weed's right in the name, weed writer, you know? Yeah. So I like to use the weed as a keyhole and like zoom in on it and if you zoom in on it and look through it there is a universe in there a universe of like story and meaning and if we can succeed in doing that then like you are understanding better what's going on in these stores and what am i looking at and like what am i going to have next and also how things are progressing because yeah as nerds we're on top of this information we want to know but to the average consumer, they're not going to dig this deep into everything. So it's really, you got to explain from start to finish this whole history and how we got to where we are today, where we're talking about insane savories and tomato sauce, like yeah. moving in this crazy direction. So it's a lot to keep up with. And I think Leafly really pivots very quickly Thanks. to keep up on all of these trends. Yeah, we. I wake up every day and remember that it's for a lot of people, it's day one. And so we're helping... Sure seniors find the right tincture in newly legal Massachusetts and get it delivered. We talk to them a certain way and we have certain products for them. Like we'll be doing new year, sort of dry January, Cali sober sort of content around CBD and drinks and, you know, everything that's outside those like smokers and tents doing dabs and make sure that they have what they want. But, you know, with strain of the year, we have to make sure that it passes muster with the core of the industry that's smoking every day that has a really high THC tolerance. It's on Leafly all the time, looking up strains and reading and debating. And like the people that have a seat at this like global table where all the cannabis conversation is occurring, sometimes it's their physical tables. We want to serve them because they are the core and they throw their weight around. They buy a lot of weed. They live that life. Like I want to serve them first and keep them topped up and then make sure we have these entry points for the day one users. Love that. That's Love great, that. man. And as much as you guys could rely on all the data you have and just kind of pump out lists like Yelp does, these are the yeah, 10 best pancakes in town. Um, you're measuring so many things that are not really quantifiable um, yeah. on how things um, actually come across and how well the market's going to receive them and what you actually like yourself with the sophisticated palate. So, um, yeah. you know, it's it totally hits on all the sensory levels that, that we kind of go nuts for. I went, I've like taken several hundred new bong loads this year or joint hits this year, everywhere from like Barcelona to Kansas City for sure. And um, 
ChatGPT is years old and it can't smoke weed. So I think we're like good for a minute, you know, like, don't get me wrong, they'll work on that. But we do try to synthesize the quantitative with the qualitative. It's not enough to have the data. You have to hit the stores. You have to hit the events, the like trade shows and the contests, go to the fields, grow some weed. I grew weed this year. I grew the root beer. Oh, you did? I grew Todd McCormick's Purist Indica, like a 1970s Indica throwback reboot, just to like, like level set what we talk about when we talk about Indica in terms of how it grows or smells or feels. And this is it. Like we fucking did it. So yeah, like I think that's our spot to own. Nobody can pop the hood on the data and look at like we can. And then, you know, I've just been a um, died in the wool reporter for 20 years. And so I have a lot of notebooks. They're all getting filled all the time. I'm transcribing all the time. I'm taking photos all the time. And so if I can just like get that up to the cloud and start refining it, if I can just serve the reader and stay close to the plant every day, then kind of things take care of themselves. How did you get started in weed? What was your big first step into the industry? I want to shout out uh, Steve Buell. He was editor-in-chief of the East Bay Express on Alternative News Weekly in Oakland, California. And in 2009, he called me up and said, hey, Dave, we should start a pop blog. And I agreed with him because I was a music writer and a tech writer. And those industries were like being blown up and changed. And print was too. You needed like a online like a blog topic that had international interest you couldn't support it on like local music content alone i saw the weed thing happening prop 19 in california in 2010 would try to legalize weed from oakland there's a documentary on it on the the circuit right now called american pot story look out for that i'm in that but you know i was kind of nervous about starting the beat i was wondering if it was going to bring stigma to my freelance career because I've written about tech for Wired and music for Rolling Stone and arts entertainment for The Onion. But it was quite the opposite. The second we took the weed beat seriously, like cops, courts or sports or city hall, we applied that kind of journalistic beat reportage to it and were factual and timely and topical. The world just kind of beat a path to my door. And so uh, it went from like one file folder to file cabinets. It went from like 10% of my freelance income mix to like my entire job. I got to write three books, including uh, Marijuana Harvest with Ed Rosenthal, a best-selling crop science book. I've been invited to lecture at like UC Berkeley Extension and Loyola Marymount. And during 2019 with the vaping injuries, I was on the Today Show helping explain like why that was happening and where that was coming from. So I've got to do the investigative side and just apply all of my reporting skills that I first started learning at UC Santa Barbara, working at the college newspaper there called the Daily Nexus and onward to the, the cannabis beat, which up until that point was so marginalized that you just didn't have professional reportage on it. High Times had been around. They'd done their work. There's a lot of good work out there, but there was a lot of people using random pseudonymical names and there wasn't a lot of focus on the journalism side. So we were kind of running wide open and I got to start the first cannabis editor job at the San Francisco Chronicle and Leafly hired me away from there to do that job, but for them like on a, on a more global stage and with a more functional business model. Bottom line is start writing, start reporting, start young, if that's your thing and just don't stop, find your wiggle, find your lane.
you know, but just yeah. keep writing, keep producing, keep publishing, keep failing and getting up and like getting better. Yeah. Just before we started recording, we were saying how the main things we use are our phones and a pen. It's, it's pretty simple. If you've got some weed in front of you and you can snap a little pic with your phone and write about it, or I use my voice recording uh, a lot to just kind of get my, my thoughts out. I mean, that's basically all you need. It's, it's crazy. And you just get better every day you uh, kind of play with it. So it's fun. Yeah. Stuff. I try to travel light for sure. I just have a satchel and some reporters, notebooks and pens, but now I carry like mylars and markers cause I get a lot of samples too. So look yeah. out for my own, um, my own mylar in 2024. It's called the David Downs Reporter's Note Bag. So instead of like notebook, it's going to be a note bag. And so it'll have all your like fields for you to fill out, you know, like, oh, this is freaking permanent marker and it's from Orobrone and it's this and I'll have my picture on the other side. But really excited about what's to come um, in 2024. 420 is on a Saturday. Uh, I <laughs> want to do some weed drops in the city. Like when... Ken Reeves' Dog Star Band puts out a new album. He goes and plays Amoeba Records in Hollywood and people show up and go like, oh, yeah, new new record. I think like that should happen for growers and breeders. So we're going to start doing more experiential events. Marketing is what you would call it. But it's breeder and grower drops at like licensed lounges. So you could pre-order, pick up, smoke, talk to the grower, listen to some tunes. Just because I want to go to that and they're not happening. So got a lot of ideas and um, looking forward to executing on them and, and wowing people, surprising and delighting them with uh, this mission next year. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of big plans for 2024. And David, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast today to hype up the strain of the year. What a great way to end 2023 with David Downs. Um, if there's any handles or anywhere you want us to follow, yeah, um, Leafly would love it if you downloaded the app so we can just send you push notifications to what you want and you can like pick up and order weed there now. We're on with Uber Eats in Canada, so you can do like burrito and a joint. In addition to that, you can sign up for our newsletter so you get it in your email, it's like Leafly newsletters. We can send you stuff for your state, which is much more useful than just random stuff. I'm at David Downs on Instagram and Leafly's like at Leafly on Instagram. But if you Google David Downs weed journalist, like I'll be all the top results and you can follow me on all my socials. I think I'll get better at like focusing people at one spot next year. But I feel like the whole cannabis industry is on Instagram, even though they're not exactly tolerated. So at David Downs on IG, it was just the ego clash and everyone's like, what's your IG? And da, 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 da. So, you know, it's like, really guys, we're, we're all just getting like Burner just got locked out of his account and we're doing and like, okay. Yeah, so, at this point, we just have to fire another one up and just accept that <laughs> this is the best place to stay in touch with everyone. That's All it. Right. Thanks so much, David. And you guys can find us at The Dot Smoking Spot. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll see you in 2024. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Amanda. Oh, yeah, David. Say no matter what kind of pain Can anguish life may bring you Oh, smoke it up, hold it down, and don't ever stop well, you can always find your smoking spot Yeah, you can always find your smoking spot Hey, Smoking Spot fans! 
We're here to tell you about the newest launch from Centelligence Projects. Over the last year, we've created the Cannabis Aroma Wheel. It's a sensory tool designed to help connoisseurs take their knowledge to the next level. So whether you're a bud tender, dispensary owner, cultivator, or you just love the smell of weed, you can better appreciate the cannabis in front of you. Get your copy of the most detailed sensory tool built specifically for the cannabis industry and order your Cannabis Aroma Wheel today at centelligenceproject.com.